This is Canada HR News on January 9th, 2023. I'm Elena Bobireva. In today's episode, we talk about the latest employment numbers from Indeed and Statistics Canada, more job cuts in the tech sector, a new bill to restrict child labor in Quebec, CIBC's overtime settlement, and other topics. Stay with us to get the latest HR updates. Indeed reports that the Canadian labor market was fairly steady in the fourth quarter of 2022. It is still in strong shape, with both the employment rate and layoffs staying low. Wages continued to grow through November, despite relatively lower rates of job hopping during the second half of 2022. Canadian job postings on Indeed held strong through mid-December, well above the pre-pandemic levels, especially for lower and mid-paying positions. Some areas where employment is still far below pre-pandemic levels, like accommodation and food services, agriculture, added workers. Flatter employment growth likely reflects both a combination of slower economic momentum and Canada's labor market recovery approaching its limit. The unemployment rate in November stood at 5.1%, below its pre-pandemic rate, and just above its multi-decade low of 4.9%, reached in June of this year. Statistics Canada reports that Canada added 104,000 jobs in December. Employment had previously peaked in May 2022, followed by a downward trend to August. Employment among youth aged 15 to 24 rose by 69,000. Employment among those aged 55 and older increased by 31,000 in December, mostly among those aged 55 to 64. Throughout 2022, the employment rate of core-aged women from 25 to 54 hovered around record highs. 81% of core-aged women were employed, the highest annual rate on record since 1976, and 1.3 percentage points higher than in 2019. Employment increased in Ontario, Alberta, British Columbia, Manitoba, Newfoundland and Labrador, and Saskatchewan. There was little change in other provinces. In December, 8.1% of employees were absent due to illness or disability, up from 6.8% in November. This was higher than the pre-pandemic average of 6.9% recorded in the month of December from 2017 to 2019. Year-over-year growth in the average hourly wages of employees remained above 5% for a seventh consecutive month. About 250,000 Canadians provided ride or delivery services through apps in the previous 12 months. Nearly half live in Greater Toronto Area, Montreal or Vancouver. Among people who had provided ride or delivery services, 41% had post-secondary education below the bachelor's level, and 38.8% had a bachelor's degree or higher. Men and landed immigrants represented the majority of rideshare and delivery drivers. Canada marks record-breaking year for processing immigration applications. At the end of November, IRCC had processed approximately 4.8 million applications, 
nearly twice the 2.5 million processed during the same period last year. For study permit processing, Canada is on pace to set a new record in 2022. As of the end of November, IRCC had processed over 670,000 study permits, compared to more than 500,000 during the same time last year. Work permit processing also saw vast improvements with nearly 700,000 work permits processed by November 30th, compared to about 223,000 during the same period in 2019 before the pandemic. The agency says it has digitized applications, hired and trained new employees, streamlined processes, and applied automation to increase processing efficiency. Quebec is the only province in Canada without a minimum age to enter the workforce. This is going to change with a new bill in the works restricting employment to children no younger than 14-year-olds, with a few exceptions. Quebec's Workplace Safety Board, CNESST, found 203 children under the age of 16 were hurt on the job in 2021 and received compensation. Child labor has underpinned the province's economy, with research showing 53% of high school students work during the year. Unions, employers' associations, and Quebec's Advisory Committee on Labor and Workforce have been negotiating the finer details of the legislation. CBC reports recommendations include setting the minimum working age limit at 14, with exceptions for children 13 and under who would be allowed to work in specific settings such as babysitting, fruit picking, and family-run businesses. It is expected that the legislation will be introduced in the National Assembly in February, with the aim to have it adopted into law by June, in time for the summer break. Federal public workers will be required to return to the office part-time by January 16. Public Service Alliance of Canada, PSAC, is filing a statutory freeze complaint against Treasury Board and agencies for unilaterally imposing changes to their members' working conditions, while they are in negotiations for 165,000 federal public service workers. According to the union, more than 80% of PSAC members surveyed oppose the government's hybrid work plan and are prepared to take action, including taking strike action, to fight for better work-life balance, fair wages, protections against harassment and discrimination in the workplace, and other top bargaining priorities. President of the Treasury Board, Mona Fortier, said various departments have experimented with different hybrid models to arrive at a workable return-to-the-office plan. CIBC has agreed to settle a class-action lawsuit alleging systemic unpaid overtime of retail branch employees. The Toronto-based bank will pay a total of $153 million to compensate about 30,000 current and former frontline retail staff for alleged unpaid overtime, lawyers involved in the settlement said. The amount includes legal fees and the cost of distributing the settlement funds. The class action, filed in 2007, alleges the bank failed to pay its branch customer service employees for overtime work 
since 1993. The settlement still needs to be approved by the Ontario Superior Court to become binding. A motion for approval will be brought next month. Salesforce plans to cut its workforce by 10% and close some offices, saying it needs to cut costs after the rapid pandemic hiring left it with too many people amid an economic slowdown. Businesses that relied on cloud services during the pandemic are now trying to reduce expenses through job cuts or delaying new projects, hurting companies such as Salesforce and Microsoft. Salesforce had 73,541 employees at the end of January last year, a 30% jump from 2021. Companies from Meta to Amazon have in the past year shrunk their employee base to prepare for a deep downturn as global central banks have aggressively raised interest rates to tame stubbornly high inflation. And just a day after Salesforce announced it was cutting around 10% of its workforce, impacting more than 7,000 employees, Amazon announced that it would be eliminating more than 18,000 roles at the company, extending a previously announced round of layoffs that was set to impact some 10,000 workers. In addition to the roles affected in its devices and books businesses during its previous announcement in November, the majority of the roles impacted by the latest cutbacks will be in its people experience and technology and Amazon store businesses. Amazon has yet to announce what kind of severance packages it will provide. It is expected that they would provide a separation payment, transitional health insurance benefits, and external job placement support. As employees return from holiday break, Shopify is conducting a calendar purge, removing all recurring meetings with more than two people while enforcing a rule that no meetings can be held on Wednesdays. The company's leaders will also encourage workers to decline meetings and remove themselves from large internal chat groups. Large, long, and unproductive meetings have become a curse of today's hybrid workplace. Meta, household product maker Clorox, and tech firm Twilio are among those who have instituted no meeting days. Employees spend about 18 hours a week on average in meetings, according to a survey conducted last year, and they only declined 14% of invites, even though they'd prefer to back out of 31% of them. Poorly managed meetings can also hurt employee engagement and even boost employees' intention to quit. Shopify said that a bot would serve as the company's policy enforcer, reminding meeting organizers of the new rules. But meetings aren't disappearing entirely at Shopify. The company said there will be a two-week cooling-off period before anyone can reconvene a cancelled meeting. And this was Canada HR News on January 9th, 2023. Please leave us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. You can also find us in Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and connect with us on Twitter at CADHR News or LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.